My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Nicole Trick Steinbach. She coaches women around the world to build the skill of bravery so that they stress less, work less, and earn more. She's also the host of the Celebrate Brave podcast. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for a lot for inviting me. And I am so grateful for how you obviously practice to say my name. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Nicole so Trick Steinbach. Oh, well, you just Steinbach. fantastic. No, you back. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have known correctly. It was great. No, I like I I get onto the like or I'm introduced or I get onto these podcasts and people are like Steenback. <laughs> so oh you did no, great. no 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 no. <laughs> Thank you so fantastic. much. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to having a good conversation with you. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, your goals, and we'll go into a lot of bit of what what you do. So, um, before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I love to start with the human angle. So I was born to a single mom in Ohio and we moved down to Appalachia, which for your global audience is a pretty poor region of the United States. It's pretty closed-minded, although it's shifting a lot. Definitely when I was there, there were a lot of assumptions about what I could do, what was open for me. So just to give like a data point, more people got married from my high school than went to college. More people got married than went to college. And in fact, only two of us left the state to go to college. One woman went to Montana and I went to Pittsburgh. So Oh, wow. I decided at a very young age, I had a mom who like really, you know, invested in me, this idea that I could be more, I could do. She got really sick. And instead of us losing everything, cause we were really poor, she actually decided to take the risk to go back to school with three small kids. So I had a role model where I, I knew that if I worked really, 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 really hard, I could reach certain goals. And I also had this woman who all I can tell you is she came into the middle school where I was and she said, I went to school here and I have a global career. I get to travel around the world. And my little mind blew up. I can't tell you what she was doing. She could have been like, I don't know, a pilot. She could have been a consultant. She could have been a doctor, no idea. But her just role modeling for me that she could go to such a crappy school with a leaky roof and an old playground and limited opportunities, right? And build this career. And I decided I would too, for whatever reason. I had a stutter. There are certain sounds that are really hard for me to make. And it's hard for me to recognize people. So I'll have these amazing conversations and then I'll just fly by people in the grocery store. And I still decided I can do this. So I have, you know, I went to college. I needed to pay for the schooling. U.S. U.S. college, super expensive. 
So I joined the military for a short period of time. They paid for part of my schooling. Then um, there were all these budget cuts. And so I was exited out of the military, which was fantastic. I learned a lot from the experience, but I needed something to bring in money so I could stay in school and also like, you know, do things like eat, <laughs> which is really yeah. valuable, <laughs> like food. Who would and, like? so, <laughs> and so Who there were all of these positions at the campus and for like assistant or runner or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. So I applied for some secretary positions and I learned that the computer science department paid $2 more an hour. And I was like, I live and die for computer science. And that's how I actually got into computer science. It was so that I could pay my bills, get through college, but it opened up this entire new world for me that growing up was never for people like me, which was technology. So it just, from that point, I kept saying yes, long before I was ready, graduated school, tried PR. So not for me, got back into tech. (laughs) And then I had a wonderful boyfriend. Um, he's he's a, a glorious man. And he invited me to join him to Germany. So I moved to Germany for nine months, max two years. 13 years later, I was still there. He had moved <laughs> back to the United States, got married, has a wonderful family. And I had stayed in Germany and built this extraordinary career in Germany, in tech, married my delightful German husband, had two kids, bought property, the whole nine yards. And then things weren't working anymore, right? So like I joined this multinational, it's the largest European software company. And I joined, my first customer was the chief financial officer and I was 27 years old. It was a mess. It was such a mess. But I somehow figured it out, right? Got into change management, became a consultant, went to over 25 countries, climbed this little ladder, ended up building these massive program teams, budgets in the tens of millions, like all the things you're supposed to do. And I wasn't happy. And my son, who I'd had by that point in time, was also really struggling. My husband was feeling a desire for more. And I have this adorable little girl. She was so young that she was just along for the ride. So we decided to take a risk. And I moved with my job to the United States, to Colorado. I was like, this will make me happy guess what y'all does not make you happy. Found out that there was a severance coming. There was a layoff, got myself on the list. And then I started my own business. This will make me happy. Right. Turns out that also does not make you happy. One needs to actually make oneself help, you know, oneself happy and work through that. And in the process of deciding that I would leave, so deciding I would leave until I actually was gone was almost 18 months. I was in a direct, I was senior global director, fancy pants name, and just saying like, okay, I would like to be a part of that severance until I accepted the severance, had my last day. It was a full 18 months, right? And I was really exploring with my own coach, with my husband, with the people who know, love me and believe in me. What is it that I want to do here? And I was invited by an organization called um, the Grace Hoppers. It's called Anita B. And the celebration is Grace Hopper. They asked me to give a speech about change. And I was going through this huge transformation. 
And I was like, change is really easy for me. You just heard all the times that I was like, oh, I'll do this and oh, I'll do this. But what is it that's actually a challenge for me inside of change? And it's being brave. Mm -hmm. I like everything. It sounds like, oh, I'm so brave. And oh, I take all these risks and oh, I do all these things. But the reality is, is it's really hard for me to be brave. It was hard for me to be in middle school and be like, you know what? I'm going to have a global career. It was hard for me to decide how the hell am I going to pay for college? It was hard for me to move abroad. It was hard for me, like all these things. So I know how to teach people how to build the skill of bravery. So that's what I do now. And that's actually my story. How can I be brave? How can you be brave? Our answers are going to be totally different. But now I teach people how to build their skill of bravery so that they can actually be and do what it is that they want and they desire throughout their lives. That is beautiful. That is quite a story going from living in, what was it, Ohio to living in Germany, moving back here, being in tech and then getting laid off. It's crazy. That's crazy. But it's beautiful that you finally found what makes you happy. But I've got to ask. So a lot of times we have this little voice in our head that we like to ignore and Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not, at some point we end up listening to that voice and we wish that we had done it sooner. What have your perspectives been on that? Oh my gosh. That's such a good, so first of all, like I found what leads me towards happiness or contentment or whatever we want, acceptance, however you think about it inside of me. And the answer is always inside of me, right? Like I have a client, not right now, but I had a client and her goal in working with me was to feel like she had enough money. I was like, okay, we can build the mm-hmm. skill of bravery. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking she has no money, right? Because if you have shit tons of money, I'm sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> Be yourself. Be yourself. Do whatever, whatever works for you. <laughs> I forgot to say I'm a pirate. Okay, I'm working on it. But anyways, <laughs> like if you have gods and gods and gods of money, like of course you have enough money. And in reality, she was earning almost a million a year. Wow. Because right? she didn't feel like she had enough. And she didn't feel like she had enough. Right? Because it's always the inside game. And so that brings us to the inner voice, right? There have been so many times in my life where I was indoctrinated in one way. Like going to school, that's for some people, but is it really for you to graduate from university? But I had this other voice inside of me. So there's the indoctrination voice. And then there was the inside voice. It was like, actually, that's my door to never struggling financially. And that was true for me. I know for a lot of people, it's not true anymore. Like the U.S. system, the economy is crap. But like for me, it was true. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the outside voice when my ex-boyfriend invited me to go to Germany. People were like, what are you talking about? You guys haven't even been dating for a year. He's so much older than you are. What are you doing? Like you have to find a real job here. You have to have your social security here. But there was this inside of my voice. The inside of me was like, when I moved into my dorm room, my freshman year, 
I didn't hang up any pop star pictures. I didn't hang up any of those, like, you know, those wall hangings. I didn't do any of that. I hung up maps of countries that I wanted to travel to. So does it make sense for me to move to Germany? No, it absolutely does not make sense. And I'm freaking doing it because first I need to get clear. Then I need to take the actions that serve me, follow my energy, right? And then I need to listen to me and I need to hold myself to my standards and not get whiplashed by what all these other people are saying, right? This is something that I try really hard to teach my kids about too. Like there is, you know, there's parenting that helps, So you don't get to stay up till 11 PM just because you think that sounds fun. And your inner voice is telling you that. And yes, (laughs) my son used that on me recently, right? There's parenting, right? But there's also like where we live, there's school choice. Literally, you do not get assigned to a school. You have to go visit schools. You have to identify. And I kept saying to him, you will know, you'll know, we'll go, we'll visit as many schools as you want. And you'll know. And he did, right? He's like, this one's okay. That one's a no. And then he went to this one school and his entire body vibrated. It's like, this is my school. This is my school. And so that's, that's really how I love to talk about brave and designing your life and listening to your inner voice, which often feels like risk-taking, right? Mm -hmm. Is really trying to identify with clarity, what was gifted to me, whose voice am I hearing in this and what is coming from within my spirit, from your belly, from your heart, from your mind, however you want to think about it, from your spirit, your soul, and then begin to make choices. Right. And the other thing I really, I really suggest, and that I do more and more as I get older is 2%, 5% changes instead of like, now I'm a full-time employee. Now I'm an entrepreneur. Like how can I put 2% more entrepreneurship into my full-time role? How can I put 5% more gentle parenting for, as an example, into my parenting, right? I'm working on being more bold. How can I put 5% more bold into my clothing, into my earrings, into what I say versus this very white supremacist patriarchal idea that it's like, all or nothing. I think when we free ourselves from that, then we can listen to our inner voice because it's not as threatening. It's not as scary and it's easier to be brave about. So I'm really curious as somebody who, you know, their whole life has taken risks and done the things that didn't really make sense to everybody around them, have mm-hmm. you ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't feel as brave as you normally do? You were actually scared of taking the risk, which I can understand. I mean, I'm a huge risk taker too. I, I go for everything. The mo- the, I don't even have to think about it twice. <laughs> I just, as soon as something falls in my lap, I'm like, absolutely. Heck yes. Let's do it. But <laughs> For you personally, have you found yourself in that position and how do you overcome it? (laughs) Sorry. First of all, so we get to see each other. I know that this is just a podcast, but I have to tell our listeners your entire face lit up. 
when you were talking about like, I'm a risk taker, like you lit up with so much energy (laughs) and that is so true for you. And I love it. Yeah. But I obviously have not been clear. I am not a risk taker. Like being brave is hard. It is hard for me. Right. So I actually got sent to coaching originally because I was a disaster to work with. Like, like not how they tell women, oh, you're being aggressive, but the woman's actually just being clear and assertive. Like I was literally slamming doors. I was calling names. I would set unreasonable deadlines. I had insane standards that were totally toxic and unfair. I hid mass parts of myself, like that I had a stutter and I grew up poor. So I was unhappy. Like I was a disaster, disaster, disaster to work with. And I got sent to coaching. They were like, look, here's the deal. You're amazing at your job and you do really wonderful work, but you're a disaster to work with. So you have a few months to clean this up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, crappity crap, crap. So went off to our coaching and it's been through coaching that I've learned to move towards things versus away from, right? So like, yes, did I take lots of risks? I did take a lot of risks, but when you're super poor and there's very few doors open to you, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah try to move away from. So yes, did it feel risky to move to Pittsburgh? It did. Cause I had no support. I had no financial support. I had very little emotional support, but what was, what was I, you know, sitting with the risk of staying was bigger than the risk of going. It's really only been, I would say in the last 13 years, I've been learning to take the risk of moving towards something. I could have stayed with that company for another 10 years. I was thriving. I was making a lot of money. I was getting a lot of opportunities. I had amazing relationships, but I wanted to move towards who I wish to be in this world. And I don't wish to hold up systems that harm. I don't wish to be whiplashed every time there's an economic change or there's a leadership change. So what do I wish for? I wish to be the role model for living a life that one is proud of, where one makes as much, if not more money, where one is in service to others. So to come back to your actual question, I hope I've been more clear now, is I'm always terrified. Always. I was just recently getting coached about my business structure and I was like, nope, too scary. And she's like, don't you coach people to be brave? And I was like, ah, don't use it against me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that's why I'm such an amazing coach is because it's hard for me because it's not natural because I know how to break it down so that yes, Mm -hmm. I am taking risks. Yes, I am um, stepping into an unknown for me, but I'm doing it in a way that serves me versus some external standard that has nothing to do with me anyways. Yeah. You understand both sides of the story. So you're able to help, you're able to relate, you're able to break it down. Like for me personally, if I were to go and try to coach people on how to be risk takers, I don't think I would personally (laughs) be able to break it down properly. Cause it's just in my head, it's like, it's a no brainer. Like, obviously like go do it. Like, what are you scared of? Like, just go. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's cool that you, you, first of all, that you own up to it and you're honest yes. about the fact that you are still scared, even though you coach people on how to overcome that kind of thing. So, yes. and the fact that yeah. you have both sides, it's really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, the other thing that I really believe is like, I can create anything I want. Like, I truly believe that about me. I just have to look back on my life and be like, oh, I can create anything I want. Right. The other thing is that I actually believe it is impossible to lose, not lose the Super Bowl or the World Cup or whatever. Like, oh, obviously you can lose a certain game or a job or whatever. But for me, I will always learn. I will always figure it out. I will like water. I will find my way towards where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I am so resilient. And so as, as long as I get there with a decision where I'm like, okay, I could, because we're talking about podcasts. I'm just going to use this as an example. Like I could try out a podcast and it could flop, but what am I going to learn out of this? And then I just, I'm never going to lose ever. And I think that gives me a certain amount of freedom, but it takes a lot of work for me to get there. <laughs> like a lot of coaching, yes, self-coaching yeah. therapy, skill building, <laughs> et cetera. Until I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> but you get there. That's the point. You get there. I do. The, mean, I the do. means don't matter as long as you get there, but you're, you're totally right. And I completely agree with you. It's, it's impossible to actually lose in life. Mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, there are, you know, you can lose in some instances, but for the most part, it's hard to lose in life. It's hard to lose in any situation because you have, but you have to have the right mindset when you're looking at it. Yes, you do. Cause I actually have someone in my life that I know lost They're like lost in life. They knew exactly from a very young age and they would talk to people about it and they never acted on it and they died. I'm sorry. That's losing, right? Yeah. Like that is a loss versus new. I have someone else in my life. New acted was so wrong. The inner voice was so wrong, shifted, <laughs> took what they thought was going to be their way to success. It was acting, thought it was going to be acting. It was actually improv and working with various organizations all over the world. And now they travel the entire world working with all the big names using improv and acting and responding to energy and all this kind of stuff. Super cool. Right. Huh. So their inner voice was off, but they still, right. What are we? They still got it right. Eventually they got it right. Yes. But you have exactly. to be willing to pivot and you have to be willing to step back and acknowledge when you're wrong. And when yes. you know that you should probably switch directions or try something different. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. So we are slowly running out of time and I do have a couple other questions <laughs> for you. So first of all, what is your focus going to be for 2023 for your business? Oh, so my focus for 2023 is unleashing from things that are not mine. So okay. I really, I personally believe in focus and in constraint, but I have allowed a lot of perfectionism to come into what I offer and how I offer it. So a lot of pre-planning, a lot of like getting the imagery and getting all this stuff. And, da, 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 da. and I'm actually focused on 
delivering service now and offering opportunity and allowing it to be messy. It's only like, it's February as we're recording this. And my clients, quite a number of them have been like, what is going on? Cause you just feel so much more free. Like, yeah, because I'm unleashing myself from these best, like best practices and how to's, which were so helpful in the first two years of my business, like hundred percent. Right. Um, like I've never had a year that was less than 120 grand ever in my business from the gate. Right. So listen to the experts (laughs) and then (laughs) don't get stuck in like the best practice and the formulaic responses when you're ready to grow past that. And so that's really the focus for this year. Um, and being, so I've, I've always been picky about who not picky, but like, I only want to work with women who are ready to go. Right. If they're in a big slump or if they're investing in the green zone, whatever, but like they're in it, they're ready to be coached. They show up in coachability. They show up with vulnerability, willingness to learn. And that has really, really, really served me like in really beautiful ways. And this year I want to be even more focused and on who I coach and what they wish to create in the world. Yeah. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that you'll run into as you're trying to accomplish all of that? Oh, my brain, definitely my brain. <laughs> my brain is like, What's but wrong this with your brain, Nicole. <laughs> but this worked. What are you doing? But this worked. And I'm like, I, I, I meet myself right from 2019, 2020, 2020 with so much love and gratitude, right? And allow that to be the case and still decide, you know, as I'm headed towards the 500,000 mark and who that CEO is, who that coach is, allowing the gratitude for past me and my craziest brain and then focusing and taking action from the, the me that I'm becoming right? That is Mm -hmm. the number one biggest obstacle that I have. The second obstacle, um, that I really sense, and I heard this on quite a number of the podcasts here, um, is around just building the team for this stage, the next stage and the stage after that. Right. So I built a lot of teams in corporate, but it is definitely a different animal when it's your own business. And particularly I'm not hiring people in yet for the full time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hiring people in as fractional, as hourly, whatever the case may be. And I coach globally. So a lot of the people that I'm hiring in have a deeply global mindset slash are actually global nomads. So it's like time zones and when do we meet and where, yes. where exactly are you? Are you still in <laughs> Are you over in Asia? Like, where are you? So it's just, it's a lot of that, like stepping into the CEO that I'm becoming and having the appropriate team for that mm-hmm. growth. I'm feeling really good for right now. I have an amazing podcast manager. I have an incredible VA slash SEO person. Um, but it's just making sure that, you know, continue to build that team towards the future. Yeah. 
But the biggest obstacle, honestly, is in between my ears. I can get (laughs) crazy up there. It gets real crazy sometimes. I'm sure that goes for a lot of us, though. Oh, 100%. 100%. We're all all a little insane. (laughs) Are you insane like me? (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to sing back. I do not have a singing voice, but (laughs) yes. (laughs) All right, let's cover your podcast. We are slightly running over time, but it's okay. Let's, what kinds of topics do you talk about on there? Let's start with that. Okay. Awesome. So it's called celebrate brave. And it's definitely been one of those elements where I've decided to take a risk. Right. So I had this idea whenever I talked to like the proper podcast expert people, it felt so heavy to me. And so I decided to do it in a wacky way. I partnered with someone who had never done podcasting before we gave it a shot. We committed to, I think four months. And I just crossed a hundred episodes. So it is totally worked out. Right. But I talk about bravery. And for a long time, I was talking about, um, like those small steps towards creating a brave impact in the world. And that was great for season one. Then I really was, I, cause I, at the time I was exclusively coaching women in technology that's shifted, but at the time, so I was welcoming in women in technology that I knew were making an impact into the tech space, right? Like Mm -hmm. dismantling some of the dumb systems and standards and beliefs that we have. Like there is this understanding in technology that you're always going to be overworked when that's actually not statistically true. Tech workers actually work significantly less than a lot of other professionals. Then in season three, because why not just keep growing if things are good and your podcast is growing, let's switch it up a little bit to be even closer to the audience. So in group three, I actually walked through questions submitted by my audience, topics submitted by my audience, started welcoming some clients on and walked through exactly what I teach my clients on my podcast. So for season three, and I got a lot of flack about this from the coaching communities that I'm in, I literally walked people step-by-step through, if you work with me or when you work with me, here's what you're going to learn. People were like, you are crazy. Why are you putting all of this content out for free? And my answer at the time was, it feels like the right thing to do. But now my answer is because when people work with me, they're ready to go. We hit the first goal, then we hit the second goal. And then they go out and they say how amazing coaching is. And if, you know, and how amazing I am, but more importantly, how amazing coaching is. Right. So I'm really celebrating. I'm really bringing in the wins, bringing in the stories about working less and sleeping more and having a freaking hobby. What a concept and following the inner voice but also like answering the questions that my audience ask me from my perspective. And as you can tell, I'm a little bit spiky. I'm a little bit spunky. And I spent a lot of time between my ears thinking through what is actually happening and what is my unique perspective. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a really cool podcast. And as for the people who gave you flack for you know, giving out your information about you. Like it's, I think it's smart. You have to give out information about yourself and what you do. Cause it builds credibility. People yes. listen to your podcast and they, they hear like, Oh, okay. Like she knows her shit. She knows what she's talking yes. about. Like 
she's probably good to work with, you know? So I, I think it's a great idea. I think giving, but you can't go wrong with giving people value. I agree. And it comes from a mindset of abundance. Like if you're well off, I'm well off. If you're even more well off, I'm even more well off. When my community thrives, other communities thrive. Reverse says, oh my God, there's only so much and there's pie. And it's going to be cut up into little slivers. Right? Can't tell anybody. Got to get keep. Don't tell, don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. I think that I, I think you did the right thing there. hundred percent. That said, you. so I, I, I like how quickly you adapt and you change and you're always trying different things, but what have some of the biggest challenges been challenges been around growing the podcast? Oh girl, how long we got. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I actually, I listened. I did my prep. I've got two things that I really want to share. Okay. Number one, commit beforehand. So I committed for four months at the beginning and very early. I realized actually that is way too short of a life cycle to commit to something like a podcast. So I, then I believe it was a year. And then when that year ended, I was like, okay, I commit to a hundred episodes. So I am going to not do like throw it out. And if people don't love it and I'm not having, you know, a hundred downloads per episode or something that I'm just going to quit, like commit in advance. It's a non-negotiable. This is my act of service. It's an act of growth for me. Commit. Like I cannot tell you, cause I know so many coaches, I was in a mastermind that had almost 200 people in it, plus all of their networks plus, right. So many people begin a podcast as a, like, well, let's see how this works. And I did it too. Okay. I did it too. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do that. Commit. Right. And commit much longer than you think is going to happen. And then the second thing is evaluate. And don't evaluate based on what your very early listeners who, let's be honest, are most likely people who know you in the real life, probably share DNA with you, right? (laughs) But like how you think and feel about your message and how you're showing up. I personally think that my podcast has been the coolest vehicle for me to grow into my voice. A little bit of stretch, a little bit of stretch, a little bit of stretch. And now I go back and I listen to like season one episodes that I was like shaking. My hips were shaking. It was so scary. And I was being so bold. And I'm like, that is so weak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, my, my first episodes were the same way. Yeah. I wasn't like physically shaking. But I remember I had to stop my recording in the middle of the interview because mm-hmm. I completely blanked on what to say next. It was my first, mm-hmm. my first episode was an interview. I was like, oh my God, you are I so, no, you are a risk taker. No, I know, I know. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say right now. Completely yeah. lost my train of thought. It was so, it was so embarrassing, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine, I've been right? been since then. Uh, Absolutely. A million percent. Like I have an episode coming out on this Thursday as we're recording it. And it's all about these bullshit layoffs that are based on greed and insecurity. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, people are going to have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm like, but this is why I'm doing the podcast. It's not based on what other people are telling me, especially at the beginning. 
it's based on how I can be of service and my growth. So I really highly recommend, and I've, I've suggested this to a few people that I know that have podcasts and they were, weren't really happy with it. It's like evaluate every single episode, what's working, what's not working. What do you want to do differently? Is this who you want to be? Are you listening to that inner voice and taking the risks or are you just putting something out because I don't know, you made a commitment or cool people have podcasts or whatever the case may be <laughs> my perspective. All right. Last question. What okay. is your favorite thing about podcasting? Oh, the timelessness. I think it's amazing. So I follow, um, I follow a few people. I, do you, is it okay to like give shout outs on here? Go for it. Okay, cool. So I follow <laughs> two people. One of them is Amy Lada and the other one is Melanie Childers. And they've had their podcast for a really long period of time. I follow a bunch of other people too, but the timelessness to go back and listen to episode one and to see how much value they gave from the beginning, but how much more they've grown, how their message has changed and to see that arc and how other people grow. It just, I think it's one of the best things about podcasts. I it just, it just always, it just stuns me every time. Or I, there's this other woman that I follow. Her name is Catherine Morrison and her first podcast is a mess. It is a mess <laughs> for like the first 20 episodes. It's like, what are you doing? And now I think she's in like the two fifties or something. Her voice and her message is so her, right? And I think that that's something that is so often missed. And podcasters who pull down those early episodes are really missing out. Leave your early episodes up. Yes, they're not great. Leave them up because it's so inspiring to other people. Just to see their progress and see how they started off. I completely agree. I'm that said, am I looking forward to listening to my first interview ever? Absolutely not. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. Oh my God. Okay. All right. (laughs) Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun interview. Before we go, of course, it was, like I said, it was a pleasure. If you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who would like to be more of a risk taker or would like to be a little bit more brave. If you had to give it in one sentence, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Get clear first. Get clear first. Know exactly what it is that you want. Get clear first. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. 
Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.